Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, beautiful creepsters. Holly here in Michigan. Hope everyone is surviving this pandemic and the virus hasn't gotten you yet. I will be listening to this new episode of Sinister Sightings in my quarantine, a.k.a. my bed, because this girl be sleeping. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 51. And you just heard Holly, and she is very on topic with the COVID-19. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm sleeping in bed. Uh, me too, girl. <laughs> me too. Hiding underneath the covers. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> I ain't got none. You could hide Marley. Not under the covers. She farts too much. She does. Bo can't get up on my bed. He can't jump. <laughs> no, he can. I mean, I can't either, so there's that. <laughs> well, he is you in dog form. True. <laughs> Thank you so much, Holly, for that intro. If y'all want to do an intro to a Sinister Sightings episode, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. First one is the prom mom. Hey, ladies, I wasn't sure about sending this one in because it's a severe trigger warning, but please tell it the best way you can. Okay, so my friend and I were talking, and she was telling me about the story she heard when she was in middle school about a girl near where she lived that had a baby during prom. She wasn't sure about the details, so you know me and Google are BFFs, so I decided to do a quick Google search, and I found this story. Melissa Drexler was born in 1978, and when she was 18, she was nicknamed by the media as the prom mom. In 1997, she delivered a baby in the bathroom stall during her high school prom. She kept her pregnancy a secret from everyone. According to everyone, she showed no signs of her pregnancy. On June 6, 1997, she gave birth in the bathroom about 20 minutes after complaining of stomach cramps. Oh, this next part. She took the baby out of the toilet, placed him in a plastic bag, and put him in the garbage can. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's thought that she severed the umbilical cord with the serrated edge of the napkin dispenser. <gasps> oh, Acor- my gosh. According to the prosecutor, a friend asked her if she was all right, and she replied, I'll be done soon. Go tell the boys we'll be right out. She then returned to the prom, ate a salad, and danced with her boyfriend. When the teachers asked her and her friends about the blood in the bathroom, she told them she was having a heavy menstrual period. The baby was discovered by a janitor after the school nurse cleaned the bloody stall, emptied the trash, and became suspicious of the weight of the trash bag. Oh my gosh. Melissa pleaded guilty to aggravated manslaughter on August 20th, 1998 as part of a plea agreement. She was sentenced to 15 years in prison. On November 26, 2001, she was freed on parole after serving a little over three years. If you look her up, there are more details on the actual event, but I will let people look it up if they want to because it goes into detail about the actual killing. 
Like I said, ladies, tell it the best way y'all can. Creep up the good work, ladies. Love y'all, Emily. Whoa. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, I just remember that story, not like the prom mom part. Did not know those details, like about the napkin dispenser oh my God. and like, stuff. My stomach <sighs> physically hurts right now. Yes. Okay, next title, it says, you ask for it, Donna. Here it is. Oh, shit. I have no idea. I ask for a lot of things. Growing up, my family lived in a very haunted house. Every person who lived in that house has experienced more than one paranormal event. A lot happened, but I'll give you guys just a few highlights. I was young, around seven, when we moved there, but I'm pretty sure it started with seeing shadows pass us out of the corner of our eyes and thinking you saw something, but nothing was there. Obviously, things progressed throughout the years. One of my mom's favorite ghosty stories to tell involved a tiny wicker chair that was used for decorative purposes. Oh my goodness, I know exactly the kind of chair. Oh, absolutely. It was so tiny and could fit on a shelf. My mom bought two of them, one for herself and one for my grandma as part of a Mother's Day gift. Right after my mom got home from buying the tiny chairs, she put hers up on the shelf in the family room and put my grandma's in a gift bag along with other things she had bought her. She then put the gift bag on her dresser. Like any mother, my mom was the last one to go to sleep that night and the first one to wake up. So what she found when she woke up freaked her out a bit. On her bedroom floor at the foot of her bed were both tiny chairs. They were facing each other as if people were sitting in them having a conversation. Even though she knew deep down none of us kids had touched them, she still asked each of us if we had been the ones to move them. Obviously, no one fessed up. It was the ghost. One night shortly after my parents divorced, I was laying in bed with one of my cousins. We were in my bedroom, which was in the back right corner of the house. My mom was in the kitchen, sitting at the table doing her bills and listening to the music from a small radio on the kitchen counter. The kitchen was in the front of the house. It was just the three of us in the house that night. Anywho, my cousin and I were laying in my bed, just talking and giggling before we would eventually fall asleep. Out of nowhere, loud music started playing from what could have only been coming from the family room, which was in the back left corner of the house. In the family room, we had a 500-disc CD player with surround sound. Damn! 500? I forget what the fuck I had. 500? What was that? I've never had that. I've had six. That was in my car. Yeah. And I thought I was fucking cool. It's like... Yeah, but 500 of them. What's that? A fucking, like, server farm looking thing. Server farm? Sir? Oh, server farm. Fucking IT shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like you meant like an ant farm. <laughs> so I pictured tiny ants with like as servers. <laughs> what are you, you like gonna any, have? Would you like any group upon? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's nice. Yours is mean. <laughs> no God. Mine works at a fancy one. Yours is at a, a local house. Yeah. <laughs> On a bad night. Could you just picture tiny little ants with, yes. like, white aprons? Because, <laughs> you know, like, on A Bug's Life, how they, yes. like, walk like that anyway. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, their she-she CD player. Seriously, 500. I can't even. I don't think I've seen 500 CDs in my entire life. She's going to be like, oh, I'm in a five. <laughs> <laughs> no, those existed. 
My cousin and I thought my mom was for some reason in the loud music playing mood and decided to listen to the Fugees. The song Killing Me Softly was playing basically at full blast. Since my cousin and I liked that song, we just sang along. But when the time came in the song where Lauren Hill breaks it down singing, whoa, oh, whoa, <laughs> I can't, we could hear my mom singing along with it too. And boy, was her singing terrible. Girl, I can't say anything because, uh, so is mine. Hence why I didn't sing that part. So my cousin and I started yelling to my mom, shut up, God, you're terrible. Stop, mom, turn it off. Yes, very bratty preteens. Then the music stopped, and shortly after, my mom comes in my room asking what we were yelling for. We told her we were trying to sleep, and her music and horrible singing were keeping us up. My mom just looked at us like we were crazy and told us she, in fact, had not been playing her music loudly. She was listening to Destiny's Child, and she most certainly wasn't singing along, let alone loud enough for us to hear her while we were in my bedroom. We were all shook. We knew instantly that it had been our ghost, because if we could hear music playing from the family room while in my bedroom, it would have been loud enough for my mom to hear it while in the kitchen, but she hadn't heard anything but our yelling. Wow. It's crazy to think about. Out of 500 CDs, the ghost picked the one with the song called Killing Me Softly. Also, we heard the freaking bitch singing, and she was no Beyonce, more like the American Idol reject. Damn. Meanwhile, that ghost was in its ghost shower doing its damn thing. (laughs) Didn't even know anybody could hear it. That's going to be me as a ghost. That's you now. You're not wrong. Have you ever got out of your car after like singing or listening to music and like you're just getting out like to check the mail or whatever and you hear how loud your music is or something and you're like, hmm, I was just singing that loud. Like, Uh, shit. Yeah, one time I was in my car breaking it down to some Lady Gaga, and um, <laughs> a friend pulled up beside me and heard me singing, and they like rolled their window. And I was like, "Oh, that's good." And I was like, "Oh, oh fuck. my god!" I said you can hear me, and they're like, "Yes." Oh my god! You know that uh, that gift where um, he puts a seat down. Yes, yes, mega butthole clinch at oh that my moment. God. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> We had, like, left a restaurant at the same time. You know, so we ended up kind of beside each other at a stoplight. And I was like, oh, fuck. So years go by and stuff is still happening. But nothing as crazy as the singing crap. Or crap singing. (laughs) Get it? See what I did there? I always got a kick out of telling our friends who were visiting all the crazy stories. Because I was never afraid. I found it hilarious. But one night, when I was 18, I had two friends over. The girl was actually living with us at the time, and the guy was just there visiting. They were both aware of my house being haunted. Anyhow, for some reason, we were the only three people at the house at that time. We were in the back family room, same room that had that 500-disc CD player. I want that fucking CD player now. How many CDs do you own? Like 20. That's a higher number than I thought. Look, I purged and I purged, and I need to purge some more. We were sitting on the sectional couch watching TV. My friend was sitting directly in the middle and I was next to her. There was a divider between us where you could put your drinks on. And out of nowhere, something dropped from the ceiling between the two of us. I would have immediately thought it was a lizard. Oh my God. Well, I would have thought it was an R word. Mm -hmm. It could have been a potato if you listened to my story this week. True. 
We both looked at each other, kind of freaked out. I looked down and it was a dime. A freaking dime just fell from the ceiling between us. Needless to say, both of my friends ran out of the house as fast as they could. I was left behind to turn off the TV and the lights because if I didn't, I know my mom would have chewed my ass out for wasting the electricity. Oh, ghost or not, I better not ever leave any light on. Well, I'm glad you don't work at Motel 6. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> I know this is already pretty long, but I haven't even told you the craziest shit. When I was little, every night when I would close my eyes to go to sleep, I would see this man-like figure. He was really, really tall, bald, no face, and really pale. His arms were super long, and he seemed to be wearing all black. Except his chest was white as if he had a cardigan on or a shirt under it that was white. The older I got, the more I realized he might have been wearing a suit. Anyhow, I had to see this dude every single night. He would appear when I got real sleepy, like right before I'd fall asleep. I never told anyone about seeing him. He was my little secret. He never spoke, but sometimes he wouldn't be alone. It would either be just him or a huge crowd of people like figures and him in the way, way back. Being so tall, he would tower over everyone. What? And he'd just stare at me. I was never afraid of him, just curious. But like I said, I never once mentioned him to anyone. Skip ahead like 15 to 20 years later, my mom has moved out of that house. It's Thanksgiving and me and my two brothers, me, my mom, and stepdad and my brother's girlfriend were all at my mom's new house eating dinner. There's a TV on because football, duh. We are all just shooting the shit, laughing, joking, and making fun of each other when a trailer for a movie comes on TV. It catches my brother's eye. He kind of freaks out and says, Mom, do you remember that really tall thing, Robbie, who was our neighborhood friend, and I saw in that old house that one day and we ran from it? That's what it looked like. And my other brother chimes in and says, What? No way. I saw the same thing in the reflection of the TV standing behind me once at the old house. At this point, I'm silent, just freaking out internally. What was the movie trailer for, you might ask? Slender Man. That's right. All three of us kids had some kind of interaction with the Slender Man-like creature at least 15 years before the internet made him a creepy tale. When she was saying that, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is Slender Man. Yeah. This is Slender Man. Could you imagine that? Like, seeing that so long Mm -hmm. and being like, wait, wait, that's not fake. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here's what happened to my brothers. Brother number one. The family room is at the back of the house and has a sliding glass door that leads out to the backyard. If you're coming in from the backyard through the sliding door, you can see straight ahead a bathroom. That bathroom has two doors, and if both doors are open, you can see the front of the house where the den is. Well, I guess my brother and one of the neighborhood boys were going to our house to play. They opened up the back door, and when they got the door open... They looked inside the house, and in the den, they saw this tall, skinny, bald thing dressed in black. His arms were really long, but they say they saw him standing there as if he were caught in mid-stride, as if he was just as surprised to see them as they were to see him. Needless to say, they both ran away screaming, leaving the back door wide open. Brother number two. This also happened in the back family room. In that room was a half-circle sectional couch. In order to sit on the couch, you had to walk from behind it, go around it, and sit down. Sounds weird written out, but looked normal. 
So my brother was watching TV by himself and either he was flipping through the channels or the TV turned black real quick for some reason. I don't know. But somehow, while the TV was all black, my brother saw his reflection in the TV. And standing behind him, behind the couch, was a very tall, bald creature in a suit. He said as soon as he saw that, he ran out the back door. Wow. I know this was super long, but I always like the longer stories you ladies read. I hope everyone enjoys my childhood haunts. Thank you girls for giving me spookiness to enjoy year-round. I love you both and look forward to my drives when I get to listen and laugh with you. Lots of love, Brittany. Holy bejesus. Why is the thing that I'm the most caught up on is the 500-disc CD player? <laughs> Same, honestly. But also, Slenderman terrifies me because I'm short as fuck. And something tall with long arms, it reminds me of Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. at that moment. And his arms are going and he's like, like, mm-hmm. oh, that is forever in my brain. And so Slenderman to me is just that thing. Oh. Well, and what's the thing they say that like. People come up with stuff that they've seen. Like, their creativity comes from, like, an amalgamation of all the things that they've seen, and it creates something, you know? So, like, I'm wondering if that's really what, you know what I mean? I didn't actually say a full sentence, but you know what I mean. No, I get it. I get it. Just like they say in our dreams, like, your brain can't make up faces Mm -hmm. or, like, scary, you know what I mean? Like, your brain can't make up all that stuff. So, anything you've seen in your dreams, like, you've actually seen. Well, I'm glad y'all got the hell out of that house. For real. All the kids made it. Hey, y'all. I know this is not a ghost story, but this experience changed my life and made me a believer in the unknown. Picture it. I was 14 years old at the time, and my family was on vacation at my aunt's home in Tavares, Florida. This is a town surrounded by swamps and orange groves. We couldn't all fit in the home, so we stayed in a nice RV right outside. One night, after a day full of fun out in an amusement park, we settled into bed and quickly fell asleep. I remember waking up to the sound of heavy stomping around the RV. I was confused and wondered who the heck was outside. However, it was so loud and strong that it didn't seem human. My heart was pounding out of my chest and I was frozen in fear. Then the screaming started. The best way I can describe it is the sound of a woman screaming, however it was primate-like. The screaming went on for a few minutes, and I think I was so terrified, I crashed. All I remember is waking up the next morning, and everyone was in the kitchen looking like they had seen a ghost. My uncle was the first one to ask, did you all hear it too? My aunt then proceeded to tell me the stories about the happenings in the area. One time, they found a grove with oranges eaten that had all been perfectly peeled. Also, neighbors would hear something huge crashing in the woods, and some dogs would go nuts when hearing it. I'll let you guys decide, but for me, I'm convinced it was the skunk ape. I wish that I had been brave enough to look outside, but maybe it's a good thing I didn't, since I might not be alive to tell this tale. All I know is it wasn't human, but was stomping with two legs. Anyhow, hope you ladies found this an interesting contribution. I'm glad I found your podcast. It's for sure my favorite. Creep it real and believe in Bigfoot. I don't know what I believe about Bigfoot. I guess I think, why not? Question mark? Yeah. I'll cover it. And we'll, then you'll definitely think no. (laughs) You'll be like, no, 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 no. Maybe, no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's one of those things where like, people who believe are like, 
fucking believers. Yeah. And people who, like, are, like, absolutely not are, like, absolutely, you know what I mean? Like, there's no middle ground. Right. However, right now, that's where we are. But, I mean, people who, like, actually have an opinion. Because we're, like... (laughs) Oh, that one matter. Like, we're, we're like, I mean, I think, I don't know, because we don't really know enough. But people who are like, no, I fucking saw Bigfoot. Yeah. They're like, there's no convincing them otherwise. Yeah. All right. Next one's called Elevator Ghost. Hi there. I used to live in a 1960s apartment building where many of the other residents were retired or geriatric, like 80 plus years old. Over the decades, there were a fair bit of deaths by natural causes, including a lady who lived across from me, but this story isn't about her. One muggy summer day, I had just put a load of laundry into the washer and was getting onto the elevator to go back upstairs. Just as the door began to close, it opened again as if something had tripped the sensor, and I distinctly felt this cool wall of air slash pressure slash energy enter the elevator. The only good thing about that is because elevators are hot as fuck. Yes. I was carrying my laundry basket and instinctively moved aside to make room for whoever it was. I pressed the button for my floor and spent the next two minutes not looking anywhere but forward. When the door opened, I said, sorry, excuse me, and rushed off down the hall to my apartment, not looking back until I had opened my door and was halfway inside. There was nothing, of course. The presence wasn't threatening by any means. I was just more creeped out by the situation. There was no one there, but there was totally someone there. Thanks for sharing if you do, and happy Halloween. Cheers, Emily. Oh, my gosh. Because you definitely could, like, yes. you know? Yes. I mean, I don't know, because I've never had, but I assume. Yes. And what do you do? You're in a fucking elevator. hmm And I'm not taking the stairs with fucking laundry. I'm not taking the stairs without fucking laundry. I mean, true. I was just trying to give myself the benefit of a doubt. The doubt. Whatever. Something about doubt, because we ain't schlepping up the stairs. No. Okay, this one is a lakeside horror story. Hey, ladies, just wanted to start off saying, you gals fucking rock. You always keep the laughs and the fear farts coming. An odd but finally found my people kind of combo. Now, let's get to the scariest thing that ever happened to me. Seriously, scarred for life. And I'm so glad that you found your combo kind of people. And I love fucking combos. I was just about to say, and Donna loves some fucking combos. I do. Oh, God. Pizza or nacho con? I swear to God, I was going to say, and you love the pizza ones, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, hello. I love pizza anything. I'm going to tell y'all about the night I almost died lakeside in the little one-horse Alabama town I grew up in. I was about 10 years old at the time and up late one night watching X-Files with my daddy. Isn't that how most scary things start when you're a kid? Watching shit you're not really brave enough to watch in the first place? No, just me. Moving on. Totally. Uh, Leprechaun here. That scarred me. Silence of the Lambs and Nightmare on Elm Street for me. Mm, Yeah. My daddy, God bless his sweet soul, was larger than life, loved me bigger than the sky, and had the best sense of humor in the world. He also loved to torture his not-so-brave little toaster daughter. Love that fucking movie. Oh, my God. I just love how you described him and described you. Like, I love it. This night was no different. After Scully talked Mulder down from whatever shenanigans he was sure the aliens were up to, Daddy asked me to run out to his truck and grab something for him. In the dark. Alone. Now, y'all, you ain't seen dark till you've been out by the water in a town with no streetlights that goes to bed promptly at 8 p.m. every night. I muster my courage and set off 
on my 10-foot walk from our porch to his pickup, grabbed whatever I was grabbing, and slammed the truck door behind me. This is where all hell breaks loose. I turn to head back to the house and hear the cry of what can only be a hell beast. I fear fart, cue the tears, and break out in a dead-ass run for the porch. My devil of a daddy is watching all of this from the safety of his recliner through the window in our old living room, with no regard for the safety of his only child, might I add, and laughing his ass off. I trip on the steps and slam into the front door hard. I look over my shoulder and see whatever demon hell has spit out is closing in on me, shrieking like only demons can all the while. Our front door was one of those that somehow manages to always lock itself behind you, and this night was no different. I'm banging on the door, screaming for my daddy to let me in. He's cackling like some Disney-level villain (laughs) and hollering for me to let go of the doorknob so he can open it. (laughs) I look over my shoulder again just to see how close to death I really am when I catch a sight of the shithead that's terrorizing me. It's a fucking goose. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's got the devil in his eyes, and he's a big <laughs> I'm about to get pecked to death, y'all, and my daddy don't even kind of care. He's just laughing his ass off while I'm out there in the darkest of darkness, all on my lonesome. I've got my back to the front door, promising any god that'll listen that I'll give them anything they want if they'll just get me through this when the door opens behind me and I fall into the living room. The relief that flooded through me at this point is some next-level shit, y'all. I laid there on the floor, gasping for air, while my heartless daddy continued to laugh maniacally at my expense. The hellspawn goose paced back and forth on our front porch for the next 30 minutes. I still maintain daddy had some crossroads demon deal with that goose. He'd randomly pop up and chase me around the yard many (laughs) times over the next few years. How do I know it was the same goose? How many devil geese have y'all heard of? Now, just the one. I'm sure he's still out there somewhere plotting my death. (laughs) To anybody who's listening to this, the next time you're out at the lake at night and you hear a shriek that splits through the night like a fart in a quiet room, (laughs) it's him, y'all. It's the demon goose, and he's coming for you. He's thirsty for blood, and he's unearthly fast. (laughs) Best outrun your friends and get to safety. May the odds forever be in your favor. Well, that's all about the night I almost died of fear. It still gives me the willies. I'm a diehard daddy's girl, and I miss him like crazy. This memory is one of my favorites of him. I'm sure he's still cackling wherever he is about it, too. Y'all keep doing what you're doing, because we're all loving it. Creeping it real, Heather. P.S. Y'all can use my real name so I can fangirl. Oh, my God. Heather, this story was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking goose. Hey, I am laughing only because it did not happen to me. Because oh my God. geese are freaking, they are devils, like devil spawns. Yes. Like, what I'm if- trying to feed you bread, motherfucker. And like, why are you attacking me? I'm just at a graveyard trying to feed you bread by a lake. Why are you at a graveyard? You've never done that? At a graveyard? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. I fucking hate a bird. Yes. Says the person who was on a cruise one time, and when she came back, she had a picture. She had fucking parrots and birds all over her. Because they like, can't do anything. They're trained. I was like, what the fuck? Tell that to the lions who bit people's heads off. True, but their beaks are rounded. This one's called, I'm not a black-eyed child. I swear. Oh, shit. Hi, ladies, and happy Halloween. 
I have been listening to your 31 Days of Halloween, and you mentioned how much Black Eyed Children's stories scare you. Since you said that you would like some funny stories, I thought I would share my Black Eyed Child story, and it's in quotes because I believe I was mistaken for one of these kids. In the fall of 1999, I was 16 years old, and my parents let me drive myself to my Powder Puff game and the after party. Powder Puff is girls' flag football. In our high school, every year, the senior and junior girls play each other in a highly competitive game of flag football as part of the homecoming festivities. It is rare that juniors ever win, but my class had a lot more athletes, so we crushed the seniors. After the game, I went to the celebration party and stayed way longer than I should have. I was a goody-goody, so there was no drinking on my part. I was, however, not paying attention and only gave myself 10 minutes to make it the 15 minutes home before curfew. In my naive, barely had my license brain, I thought if I took the back roads, which were gravel, I could drive faster and make up the time. Unfortunately, being new to driving, I didn't factor in that rain can make the gravel road extra slippery, and I ended up skidded off the road right into a ditch. I did a quick walk around the car and I did not see any damage, but quickly realized I was in too far to simply drive out. Not knowing what else to do, I walked about a quarter mile to the nearest house to ask for help, and this is when it got weird. It was around 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I went to the very first house with the lights on. A woman in her early 30s answered the door and I said, Hi, can I come in and use your phone? I need to call my mom. This was pre-cell phones. She said something in regards of, oh, let me get it. But when she returned, she did a double take and started to ask me some additional questions. She questioned why I was out so late, what I was doing alone, where exactly is my car, etc. I could see the phone in her hand, but the more I talked, the more nervous she seemed to get. As she started to freak out, I tried to sound extra calm, not to agitate her more as (laughs) I did not understand what was happening. I was a 16-year-old, 5-foot-tall girl. Why wasn't this lady letting me in to use her darn phone? I could see the phone, so I asked her a few more times, Can I please use your phone? I need to call my mom. For a while, she hesitated like she was going to hand me the phone outside, but then she completely snapped. She slammed the door and screamed that she was going to call the cops, and then I could hear her sobbing. I was pissed, confused, and then I immediately got scared. I did not want to get in trouble with the cops, and I was about eight miles away from home with no help in sight. I took off running. I was on the cross-country team, so the run was doable, and I did it because I was absolutely too terrified to ask anyone else for help. Every time I saw the headlights of a car, I dove into the ditch, afraid they might accidentally hit me or worse and try to kidnap me. I live in Minnesota, and I still remember how cold I was on the run home. When I got home, both of my parents were awake, waiting to yell at me. However, when they saw me, their tone changed. I told them what happened, and my mom was pissed. She immediately wanted to go and yell at that woman for not helping her baby out. But I stopped her because I didn't want to deal with that crazy lady. After a long chat, I went to the bathroom to wash up, and that's when I saw my face. The eye black from my powder puff game was bleeding down my cheek from my own tears. I had wondered maybe my face paint had scared her, but I dismissed it. It wasn't until recently when I heard my first black eyed kid story and it reminded me of my own experience. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible that I could have been mistaken for one of these kids? 
The first stories came out in the late 90s. I was 16 at that time, but look a lot younger than my age. I am also extremely pale. I still get made fun of for my fair skin. I was wearing a dark hoodie and was not dressed for the weather, not to mention I was wearing a football eye black and have naturally dark eyes. No one in my family is into the creepy, so I have not had a chance to share my story with anyone who actually appreciates this possible paranormal fail. I keep wondering if someday I will hear this lady call in her horrifying story, but no such luck. Happy Halloween, Kathy. Oh, my God. That story is everything. Oh, my gosh. That lady. (laughs) That is, I mean, that's everything. Yes. (laughs) I'm just thinking like. I'm going to, no, and then, like, just crying. That's me. That poor girl. (laughs) You know she was terrified. Yes. Meanwhile, poor Kathy's just trying to fucking get home. Right? And she is traumatized. (laughs) And she tried to stay calm because the lady was freaking out, which probably made that lady freak out even more because why is she eerily calm? Yes. (laughs) Please let me in. Like, that's all I can hear. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies. I recently discovered your podcast, and I am obsessed. I have a few stories for you, so I'll start with one that's mine directly, and then I can send in some more another time. In the 1970s, my grandparents and their six kids, aged elementary to high school, moved to the small town in South Dakota. They purchased a small home to renovate for their family. They moved in and made the house their home. From the very beginning, there were signs that they weren't alone. More than one person, on more than one occasion, has heard someone come in the back door, shut the door, and walk down the stairs directly off the back door that lead to the basement. Meanwhile, no one else is there and the door is locked. There are also frequent episodes of footsteps in the attic, which is a very low ceiling attic and hard to get into. My favorite is when you hear our friend come in the back door, go into the main level, hearing his footsteps the whole way, and then the toilet flushes. My entire family has had experiences with him, but never sinister. He just lives with us. We've named him Henry, and we respect him, and he respects us. Since the whole family is aware of Henry, we've done some research on the home, and before my grandparents owned the home, it was moved to its current location from one of the surrounding Native American reservations, and at one point was a doctor's clinic. So, not sinister, but we love Henry, but we hope he can find a way to rest in peace. My grandma is in her late 70s and still lives in the home. The other one I'll tell you today is very personal. My maternal grandpa, who I adored and was very close with, died after a long battle with cancer when I was 15. His death hit me and really my whole family very hard. In my mid-twenties, I was going through a hard partying phase and had gotten to a low point and decided to take a break from everything and everyone and find myself. So late at night, I was sleeping off a long day of self-reflection and I woke up to someone sitting down on the foot of my bed. I didn't sit up or anything. I just kind of rolled over and saw what you might call a shadow person at the end of my bed. He didn't speak or move or even look like a person, but I could tell it was the shape of a person, but just a shadow. I instantly knew it was my grandpa. I wasn't scared. I felt instantly calm. And then I heard in my head, not an out loud voice, say, it's all going to be okay. I'm here. I love you. I blinked and it was over. 
From that moment on, I've been able to face a lot of challenges knowing that I am loved and in the end, it will all be okay because he's watching out for me. It's brought me so much peace throughout the last 15 years of my life. I feel so blessed to have had that experience. Thanks for giving me a place to enjoy paranormal and true crime all in one spot. I'll send some local crime soon. I think we even have a local haunted bridge, but I want to confirm before I tell the story. Dale. That is an amazing personal story. Like, how special is that? And Dale, when you were saying, like, you love when you can hear your friend come over, I was like, wait, what? Oh, friend. <laughs> it's a ghost. Yeah. I'm slow on the uptake. I'm so glad that your grandfather came to tell you, like, you got this, you know? Yes. All right. Hey, girls. First off, I'm obsessed with your podcast. I listen to and from work and even at work sometimes. I laugh out loud in my car, and I really don't care how I look to others. They don't know what they are missing out on. I apologize if this is long. You can cut what you need to. And if you could, please call me Blanche. Anyway, I have two things to share. One is a sinister sighting in my house, and the other is a true crime story about a possible serial killer that I went to college with. Yes, like sat at the same table with him and hung out in the same circle of friends. What the fuck? Okay, so on to my sinister sighting. My husband and I bought our first house two years ago. We live in South Florida, and the area we live is not old by ghost standards. (laughs) We were talking the house is built in 1993, not 1893. Anyway, there have been a few strange occurrences, and I think we have a ghost because we have no other way to explain what happens. The creepiest to me was when my husband left for work one morning before I did, and it was still dark. I was getting ready in the bathroom, and all of a sudden, I heard this loud noise from the laundry room. FYI, our house is really small, so you can hear a pin drop from pretty much anywhere. Okay, back to the story. So I hear this loud noise, and I think it's my husband coming back into the house because he forgot something. I come out of the room and I call for him, but I don't see him because I would since the house is a cracker box, basically. (laughs) I go into the laundry room and don't really see anything out of place. I just assumed something fell and I missed it. I shrug it off and go about my day. Fast forward to that evening and I ask my husband to check the cameras. We hear the loud noise and me coming out and calling out to him. Then you see the camera in the laundry room and a roll of paper towels fly off the shelf. No, they didn't just tumble, roll, or fall. Those efforts flew off the shelf like someone was pissed. That was really the strangest. The other instances are my husband will ask if I've got my heels on in the other room. I'm always like, no, why would I have my heels on? And he always says he hears someone walking around on the tile. I don't ever hear it. Another thing, he'll be in the guest room playing his guitar and he wears headphones. He asked me if I ever peek my head around the corner and try to sneak up on him and then run off. And I'm like, um, no, what the fuck? I would totally do that for the record. Me too. Oh my God. Not wear heels at the house though. Oh, but the sneaking up? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Only wear heels in one position, horizontal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Damn. He says he sometimes feels like someone's watching him. Then he'll look up and see a shadowy thing run away. I told him that if I ever do look in on him, I will say something. And lastly, we'll be dead ass asleep in our room and we'll hear something in the living room. Our TV in the living room will randomly come on in the middle of the night. 
I don't know how the fuck it gets turned on because you have to turn the TV on, then the cable box in order for it to turn on. The other night, it happened around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I got up and went and turned it off, then hauled my ass back into bed. Now onto the possible serial killer co-ed. I went to a small, at the time, private college and hung out with a lot of athletes, mostly football players. I graduated in 2001, and I keep in touch with some of my friends slash acquaintances from my time there. Well, anyway, I was watching the news back in 2014, and they're talking about a missing girl from UVA, Hannah Graham. You may remember the story. As the story develops, they find her killer, Jesse Matthews. They show a picture of him back in college, and what do you know? It's the same college I went to. Then I see his picture and freak the F out. In the pic, he is standing next to one of my best guy friends. Oh my God, I totally remember him. He was accused of rape while at college. Oh my God. I didn't know this until all of this came out. And he had several other instances of crime that he had committed or been accused of committing from 2000 until he got caught after the murder of Hannah Graham. I say possible serial killer because he was only convicted of two, but they think he may be responsible for more. So yeah, those are my stories. I have another one, but I'll save it for another time. Thank you girls for all of your hard work on the podcast and always keeping us listeners in stitches. Creep it real, Blanche. Whoa. You got a ghost, girl. You got a ghost. And that has to be so crazy to be like looking at something on, you know, on the news and being like, wait, I know him. Yeah. And not in the fun like elf way. (laughs) Right. That's a mind fuck. I had to say fuck apparently because she said F a lot. Mm -hmm. But just had to get that in there, I guess. Well, as always, these stories did not disappoint y'all. Freaking rock. All the stories are always so good. Keep them coming. We're loving doing this every week. Yeah. Like, it's the highlight of my week. Not that I'm, like, glad y'all had these, like, scary times happen to y'all, but I just love hearing about them. And them not happening to me. Just That's the damn truth. If you have any sinister sightings, true crimey stories, y'all know Donna wants some... uh Ambient. S- yes. Sleeping aid stories. Yes. Oh, my God. Love. Send them in to us, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't get scared. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.